1: Live from a hotel room in the heart of Santa Monica, a podcast that all of a sudden is a huge fan of fresh off the boat. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live on Spreaker every Friday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com. Each week... Joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru, from CinemaSins, it's Chris Atkinson! That's right!
2: Yay. It's a little weird to applaud, you know, for yourself. It is, but uh, <laughs> I, when, when you've had a meal like we just had, oh, I, feel like, uh, I feel like uh, something deserves applause. Well, let's start there.
1: Like... This place has been open for two months. Two months. It's called Native. Yes. It's in
2: Santa Monica. It's in Santa Monica. That was some of the most amazing food I've ever had. Going to be memorable. I'm going to remember this for quite some time. It's going to be... I'm going to judge a lot of meals up against it. So what was it that you had the beef short ribs? Is that what they're called? I had... Short rib ribs rolled dumplings. Incredible. And they're so, like, soft, and, like, the meat is so good and tender, and, like, it's just...
1: It, oh, I was there, man. Yeah, it was delicious. It's
2: it's one of those things that you, you put it in your mouth, and it's just like, it just... Yeah, it melts. It literally melts in your mouth.
1: And I had a steak, and the steak was incredible, and then the desserts were mind-blowing. Oh. That cake you had was... Oh, man, i tell you what. I really could die happy right now. And then we went to... Craft, which is another great mm-hmm. restaurant in mm-hmm. the uh, Los Angeles area, and uh, and man, I just I never thought I was a fancy food guy, like you know these kind of high end restaurants kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid I'm turning into a foodie. I'm like yeah. I'm afraid, like I'm.
2: This stuff is so delicious. You just don't get the stuff that's cooked so well. Uh-huh. Uh Very often from any other kind of restaurant that you might go to, you might. Right. I mean, I don't have a problem going to an Applebee's or a Ruby Tuesday or something like that. But you're not getting steaks and, like, these special types of food, you know. Cooked in a
1: certain way with the perfect
2: sauces. Yes, you don't get that. And you can definitely tell the difference.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I'm so afraid now that I'm going to go back to other food. Mm-hmm. And I just, I won't be able to live with it.
2: Well, you no, you will. It's, okay. it's, it, I, I can, I can promise you this. You can go back to the, you know, boring plebe food <laughs> and everything's fine. But, I just want a good peanut butter jelly sandwich, maybe a bowl of cereal. In fact, it's probably best that you don't eat like this all the time. Because, oh, dude, I can't imagine. Yeah. Because uh, it makes it that much more special when you finally do. So, so here's the deal: we're in
1: uh, Santa Monica for the Critics Choice Awards. Chris was my plus one this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a good time doing that. So we're gonna have a fun show. We're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about some of our highlights from the awards. Uh, we'll also do a um, a buried treasure at the end. Mm-hmm. We'll do a sift quest too. We're gonna go. Have, I was thinking we'd do a swift sift because that's what I usually do when I'm on the road. Mm-hmm. But there, we went and actually saw a movie today We did So we're going to talk about Phantom Thread mm-hmm. uh, as well in there We're just going to do a whole episode of Sif Pop um, So let's get into it Here's uh, some thoughts on Phantom Thread
0: I feel as if I've been looking for you for a very long time You look beautiful Very beautiful Without you, Reynolds has made my dreams come true, and I have given him what he desires most in return (laughs) every piece of
1: me. Why are you not married? I was actually not sure I was going to get to see phantom thread for my 2017 list it was the one movie i was like ah mm-hmm. i didn't get a chance to see it and then i forgot we're gonna be in la which is one of two cities it's showing in right uh, in la and new york and so you were like yeah let's go see it so we caught it at the ArcLight light in hollywood which by the way that theater is incredible the magnificent theater you walk in it's like the,
2: it's huge yeah huge theater um uh, I will say this: that the my issues with projection and stuff did crop up a little oh, did bit they? into this one. Do you feel um, like the
1: projectionist should have done a better job?
2: Well, here's the thing: if you're going to run Paul Thomas Anderson's 70 millimeter print, that's the thing. It was actual film. Yeah, like watched an actual film today, right? If you're going to do that, and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be the, you know, this theater that has this special presentation and. Obviously, uh, PTA has ties to LA. He's from here and mm-hmm. all that. If you're gonna present it, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to up your game. And I saw scratches on this print throughout. I too. Uh, it At first I thought it was just gonna be at the beginning because that would have made sense with no trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that the the leader that they use to to thread the projector is not long enough. Right. And so that beginning part scratched and everything. I was like, okay, well that's just going to be the beginning part. But throughout those same scratches kept showing up periodically. I'm not going to say they so were all the way through. Does that
1: just mean they're handling it wrong? Or
2: it just means that it means that the platter on which this film was on it tends to wrap around the brain that the film is feeding mm-hmm. through. This is, that the brain is sort of your your speed control right. for the platter. And what, it, what probably happened was that it wrapped around like a couple of times and it pulled on it a little bit. And that's where you get those two black lines that go on the left side of the screen. And that happened almost every reel. I will say that they, I don't know if it's because of 70 millimeter or what, uh, that you don't see any of the, the, um, they don't, you don't have any of the, uh, the, the like guts, the cues the that cues, they cues, use to you know, know the, the change What They called the uh, cigarette burns and bike lift. Right, yeah, 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 That wasn't present. I did see occasionally the real change, but it, it's, it wasn't hard. It was, I, didn't it wasn't notice the, I didn't notice the real change. It wasn't easy to see. Like, it was obviously, they did a pretty good job building that print up and everything. But, uh, yeah, I think that if Paul Thomas Anderson had come in and watched that screening, he would have been a little upset about it.
1: I just remember thinking, like, and and I've always been this way because I'm a technology first guy. Like, I want to move on to the next technology. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, like, there's more distracting about this being on film for me Mm -hmm. than than any kind of benefit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I get that people say it's warmer or that the light, you know, acts differently when it's actually, you know, projected through film. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that concept. I just don't see the same benefit yeah. that a lot of people see.
2: And, I, and, and having been a movie theater projectionist for 20 years, I, um, I don't really see much difference in the, in between film and digital. Um, And you would think that somebody who's, like, seen all that in his life would see a lot of difference. There's not really much at all. Um,
1: Well, beyond that, there was an actual movie we saw.
2: Absolutely. Paul Thomas Anderson, Phantom
1: Thread. Uh, I actually don't want to talk too much about the plot other than to say it's uh, about a, a tailor uh, the House of Woodcock, Yes, uh, and how he tailors for all you know these beautiful people, and there's a love story there. That's about as far as I really want to go with the plot, uh, because I really enjoyed seeing it without knowing kind of what was going to happen. So we'll mm-hmm. stay spoiler-free on uh, this part and kind of assess it, uh, but we will also do a SIF spoil, so you, that should show up in your feed after this. Um, but just let's do overall. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
2: I think I loved it.
1: It's it's. It always takes a while to process a PTA movie, doesn't it? Yeah,
2: it's one of those movies. It's very rare for me to walk out of a movie and go, "I think I saw a masterpiece." (laughs) Why is that? Right. Yeah. And and uh, and this is one of those because it's one of those that you have to think about everything that happened in it and what was going on the whole time. Some things in there like don't really make sense immediately. Right. But by the time the ending happens. Everything was with a purpose. Everything had a purpose. Yes. And that's one of those things. This is such an unusual relationship story. Yeah. um, That I, I I, I tend to just gravitate towards this type of thing because we don't see this very often. Right. And he did this so well that I feel like I've seen one of the best movies in a while. Uh, I'm going on the high side of liked
1: it, maybe crossing over into in loved it. I need some more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I need to see it again um, because there's something interesting that happens for me. Like the first time is such a discovery of the mm-hmm. movie, and I love that. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. It's the reason I do the, you know, the zero frames thing is that just that discovery of the story. But there's also something interesting that happens the second time through once there's no story to discover mm-hmm. about really processing, you know, what's going on. I feel like I need more of that processing time.
2: And I believe that is for certain. Even me who was saying, I believe I loved it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it, if I don't love it, I certainly am in your position. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it that I'm, I'm going to have to go back because... Uh, watching it through again and we're not talking about some grand surprise
1: here. right right yeah like absolutely. it's
2: not something like oh that's yeah, yeah. so amazing it's really more about <laughs> it's not six sense right, <laughs> right yeah, it's yeah. one of those kind of things where once you go back and you start you know these motivations and everything you start seeing the patterns that they that he puts in at the very beginning of this and uh and and everything from the very first scene where mm-hmm. he's at breakfast and everything yeah all the way up until like that very like the the big actor chewy moment yeah, they're, where they're both going at it yeah, yeah. with each other and everything uh, is one of those that you're like yeah what's what is going on with these <laughs> with these characters right and and uh, and it, and you and oh my god there's a point where daniel day-lewis says you know, I don't want to. I, I, we're still a non-spoiler. Correct. Uh, he says something to her that I was like, "Yeah, why? You know exactly right, yeah. what he was asking. Why yeah. would you do that? Exactly." And 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 then you find out, mm-hmm. and it's so so. I, I feel like it's so satisfying. I think a lot of people, John Q moviegoer, is going to have a really hard time with
1: this. Movie. This is what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if pacing wise. And just the time, this I feel like this movie, even in, I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson takes his time. Like he tells a story, you know, but I feel like this movie more than any of his other movies, and by the way, I'll just say this now, since I'm talking about him as a director, it may be my favorite Paul Thomas Anderson movie, at least first time through. Yeah. And I am one who is hit or miss with him. Um, You know, I, I think Boogie Nights is really genius. I think Magnolia is genius. Um, but at the same time, uh, the, I didn't get the master. And maybe I need mm-hmm. to watch it again, but it mm-hmm. didn't jive with me. Uh, and I absolutely – he didn't um, – Inherent Vice, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely hated Inherent Vice. <laughs> like, I, it was the most con- confounding movie experience I've ever had. Yeah, from what and, I understand, the book even is like that
2: too. But So uh, and maybe that's the point. Yeah. You know, maybe
1: there's some beautiful metaphor in there that I'm just not picking up
2: on, and that's the point.
1: But it was just – it was not a – Great movie. Well, I'm a
2: big PTA fan, and even even that, Inherent Vice has its moments. I don't know if I would ever
1: want
2: to be like the type that would just keep popping that in every every week because I got to watch
1: it. Well, sometimes sometimes I feel with that one like I need to watch it again Mm -hmm. and just make sure I really did actually dislike it. That button, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just remember coming away from that just being like, what in the world is going on? They
2: made a huge mistake with Inherent Vice for me telling me, like PTA came out and said something like to the effect that airplane was one of his, uh, uh inspirations, and big Lebowski, big Lebowski is an obvious inspiration, but sure. But to say airplane was, was a big mistake because when I started watching it, there's only like two or three gags in there that I would <laughs> really consider airplane inspired and you know, everything else I'm like, no, I mean, this is. You, you. I've heard him talk about both. The, I've heard him talk about that movie
1: and The Master as comedies, hmm. and uh, and I, and The Master. So I th- I feel like man, I need to rewatch The Master too, and kind of try to view it through his lens of what he was doing. I was aware of the humor in this movie. I thought there yeah. was some really good humor in Phantom Thread, but what I was saying amongst all that is this movie more than any of his other movies for me felt like a just front to back beautifully told, cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Like it just it felt like almost classic yeah. filmmaking it in a lot really of ways, did. which is not what I'm used to from Paul Thomas Anderson. You know, he's he really has a lot of, you know, um interesting ways he'll play with story and in, in lots of different characters and weaving. And this one just was you know, I would it was, it was a fairly straight line.
2: I would say, There Will Be Blood would, would, have, oh, that's a great point. Would that's be, actually my favorite, yeah, all, yeah. It would be yeah. in that, in that, I category. I didn't even mention that yeah. One. And I think that's still, still my favorite of his, but yeah, but, still mine as well. Yeah, so um, as well. but I believe that's where he crossed that line into making movies that were sort of contemporary, into like making these very classic type, even with the soundtrack and everything. Uh, I'm not sure but Johnny Greenwood I think is back on this one. Yeah, too. I saw his name in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Um it's a beautiful and Alex, such a great soundtrack. And we get to hear a little bit of it before the movie too. And uh, they they But fight that through the speakers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is a really great soundtrack. This is just, it's perfect to go with the movie. Uh, Other things that we liked,
1: I'll throw out the acting. Daniel Day Lewis Mm -hmm. is a mind blowing specimen. Yeah, I don't understand what planet he's from. It's Mm -hmm. just. I, it is just he becomes other people, and I know that's what you're supposed to do when you're acting. But
2: he actually does it again. It's and, it, and it's so cliche to say this person isn't, you know, he's not Daniel Day Lewis. Right? He's yeah, just, yeah. He really is like that. You never once sit there and go, "That's Daniel Day Lewis." Once, yeah. Never one time, and and. And the he, beauty of it is that I don't even know who Daniel Day Lewis is. Yeah, that's the exactly. beauty of it. I, have, I if I met him, I have no idea what he would be like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there was a, there was some times here and there, just hearing his voice, it sounded a little bit like his Lincoln. Uh, I did uh, have, yeah, I did have that jive just a couple times, right? Yeah. But uh, but for the most part, you're like, this is this guy. This is yeah. a tailor. He's an amazing tailor. Yeah, like if you ran into this dude on the street, you like. Make me a
1: suit. Just the mannerisms and oh, it's just beautiful. And the performances around him were
2: great. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some people that I've never seen before.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't
2: know that I have uh, seen them. Or either. if I have, they've been in other movies, sort of like pushed to the side. Do you have or, their names up there? Uh, so you have, I think it's Vicky Kripes or Creeps. Or okay, it's it's a Belgian. I, I think she's from Belgium. Okay. Um, like she's been in one other movie, I think that I saw. Was she the love interest? She's the love. Okay. interest. she's and then the who other. Was, like the
1: executive, like his house helper. That was Leslie Manville. That's right.
2: Um, Which is not the same as Leslie Mann. Right. Just just so we're clear, and and Leslie Manville has been in in a, quite a few movies before, and I just don't remember seeing her in them. Uh, she's in stuff like, of course, the IMDB is like Maleficent, Topsy turby is one oh, of the, interesting uh, she was in a couple of those and, and this Vicki Kripes was in Hannah was the one of the big movies that she's been and I think that's the only one that I saw that I even recognized Wow and uh, but it's it's not only those two main actors but she he surrounds this whole thing with non name non faces all throughout yeah and uh, and I'm sure that is to uh, to the effect that he wants. He doesn't want you to be distracted by oh, here's Holly Hunter coming in and doing right. a thing, you know. Even though she would be welcomed into a movie like this, it, uh, it
1: feels like it, it feels like a very simple cast too. Like yeah, it really is. For my part, it's those three characters. Yeah, the movie is about those three characters, mm-hmm. and there's some really interesting things going on with those three characters but in the you know there're house help and you know there's a doctor that plays a role and you know those kind of things but it's really about that triangle and yeah uh, and it to, to pull off a you know 2 hour and was it like 210 215 something like yeah, that yeah yeah with just three people driving a simple straight line story that's right. That's really skilled
2: directing. And it's not only, It's funny that you say simple because everything else about this movie is not simple. Right. Sure. The yeah. plot is simple. Right. Nothing else about it is. Yeah. Because you have to really delve into... The society. psychology is not yeah.
1: simple. The, <laughs> the metaphors are not simple. Yeah. The symbolism is not simple. Right. Uh, and that's the other thing I would say I loved about this was when I started to pick up on some of the symbolism he was doing... Uh, with eating meals, with different things that, you know, just ways he was going to the same well. Mm -hmm. And then in teaching us kind of his his language Mm -hmm. for what it meant and what it meant to these people. uh, Man, it's really smart. Yeah, Uh, it's just and again, a lot of that stuff, you kind of paint your own, you know, your own picture on the canvas But that's what a true artist does. They allow you to have that canvas Mm -hmm. to interpret, you know, in those ways. I think i certainly think a lot of it's intentional, Mm -hmm. Um, but man, there's just a lot to think about. Yeah. I'm excited to talk
2: spoilers. Yeah. Get into some of that. For sure. But what else did you like? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, it looks gorgeous. I mean, the, the costume design is for sure probably going to win the Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a movie that's about this thing mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and all the costumes are gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some scenes in there where, you know, there's there's a part where uh, Vicky Cripes or whatever her name was. What was her name in the movie? I can't remember. I don't remember either. Um, but she walks in. Her name is uh, Alma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she, Almer
1: or Alma, yeah, yeah, something
2: like that. So she walks into the room, and this is like an old 1950s London fashion show in this guy's house, and everything. And uh, and she walks in with this like beautiful red, like embroidered, whatever it is, type of dress. And you can hear everybody gasp as she walks in. It's exactly how I would feel like yeah. seeing her walk in like that. Um, and uh, that's a scene also that I can't wait to get into spoilers for because yeah. that's something that's a big scene, I believe, as far as your key to sort of uh, understanding that's, this. That's another thing to talk
1: about is as I'm as I'm remembering back. There are a lot of scenes where I'm like, oh, that scene, you know, like. Mm-hmm. It's just people use the word crackles, you know, like Mm -hmm. when a movie crackles, like it's just got life to it. Mm -hmm. As much as this was, you could call it slower paced or deliberate Mm -hmm. or something like that. The energy always felt like it was there for me. Like Mm -hmm. I always felt like it was crackling, you know, in that way. And so those scenes become very memorable. Mm -hmm. A lot of that has to do with performances. I think a lot of that has to probably do with Daniel Day-Lewis, especially. Ah, uh, the, the life he breathes into those words. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I, I really felt that energy yeah. in those things. Yeah. What about negatives? Um, I don't mean to cut you off with positives. If you have others,
2: I, I mean, I think I think the positives that I have, more positives that I'm going to talk about would be in spoilers, uh, because I really enjoyed how this story unfolded, and we're not quite sure where everything's going. And then by the end of it, so many things that ending informs us about for the rest of the movie is so good. So I believe that just the way he's plotted this and the way he's, you know, uh, way, the way he makes his reveal by the end and everything, that is the main reason to watch this is that he's got it structured beautifully. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the negatives. Um, I I mean, you might want to talk about that pacing. The pacing might be, there's, there's not really a lot of just, moments like just something that just makes just gets you on the edge of your seat uh you have to sit there and kind of typical moments
1: that you would think of in most movies
2: yeah yeah yeah. um so i it it would be hard for me to call those negatives the only other negative that i can uh,
1: that i could say uh is that paul thomas anderson it's really interesting i feel like his understanding of marriage in mm. this movie is is really dark mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And he's making a statement here uh, that I'm not sure I believe at the end of the day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So there's there's some conflict with me in how he sees the world versus how I see the world. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That's art. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to take away from a movie for that because right. like, it, in fact, that's almost good art when it's making you think about those things and, uh, and process those things. So and I don't even know if I would call that a negative, but it might be a negative for somebody who's like, you know, oh, I don't see the world that way. Or,
2: yeah. It's hard to call that a negative for sure because no, I cause we, because we are, you know, you're right. We don't know what's going on out there. There's probably uh, uh, plenty of marriages that have something akin to this. Well, um, I think, and I and I, I do think he's even
1: he's even speaking metaphorically with a lot of what's you know kind of mm, going on, which yes. we'll get into in spoilers. But I, oh,
2: you know what? Here's an oddball comparison. It's almost like the lobster. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I can because see that. The lobster has all these uh, comments. In this way, not in a lot of other ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not out there like the right, lobster yeah, yeah. is. The lobster made a lot of comments about what we feel we need when we are pursuing relationships. Mm-hmm. As ridiculous as the stuff in the lobster is, it is actually things that people right. like really think they need in their yeah. relationship. Oh, I have this one common thing. Yeah and this magical common thing <laughs> right you can be together exactly yeah. if you're
1: not with somebody you know you're empty you're alone you're worthless exactly. you know, all those kind of things you turn into a different creature
2: right Yeah. so that's what that's where I, I have that you know that I actually thought about the lobster watching this movie even though those movies could not be any, any more different yeah uh, it has a lot to say I think about that type of thing so
1: yeah I'm interested to get into that conversation and spoilers as well um
2: but yeah, I don't. There's not a lot negative to say, really. No, not really. You're you're either going to be. I mean, yeah. I, I like I said. I don't think this movie's for everyone. I I do think that if you are the ty- uh, open-minded type, you're going to really enjoy this.
1: Yeah.
3: If, if you're you, a film lover.
2: Yes. Or a PTA lover. Right. You're gonna love this. And that's not to say that if you are open-minded and hate this, then you're something wrong with you. It's just that. <laughs> I think that I think that most most real film buffs are going to really enjoy this movie. I think that if uh, you know half my friends tried to watch this movie, they would tell me how stupid it was and all that. And I, you know, I expect I expect that. Yeah, but, I can absolutely see some of my friends walking out of this going, "What was that?" Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they I can don't see that, and they don't care what the what right. the comment is or whatever. It's just it's it's more about them. They want to sit down and just be entertained. For, you know what it is? Uh, if you need a lot, la- it's it's almost an
1: inverse greatest showman, and I, uh, I'll explain <laughs> this in, 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 in quickly. But if you if you need bells and whistles on the surface. I don't know that there's any bells and whistles on the surface of this. No, all the bells and whistles are deep underneath, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So the Greatest Showman, all the bells and whistles are on the surface, mm-hmm. and there's nothing underneath. There's very yeah. little deeper underneath in that movie, right? Um, so it's kind of the opposite of that. So if you're if you're the person that is looking for, you know, that stuff on the surface that's gonna you know engage you and give you that energy, there's not a lot of that there. Maybe other than the acting, which you could say is kind of on the surface, but mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're gonna have to be looking at the deeper stuff to be engaged in this movie. And so, for some people, I can see how
2: that would be, yeah, a little annoying. I can, I, I, I know for a fact that somewhere down the line, by next year, somebody's gonna come up to me and say that movie was stupid, <laughs> and I'll say, well, blah blah blah. You got to think about it this way. Where, yeah, man, that's just you. Know, they don't. Well, and it's not <laughs> like we mean it pejoratively either. Yeah, it's not
1: like it's not like somebody who. Who doesn't enjoy this movie because they like that stuff on it? It doesn't mean that they're dumb or not intellectual right, or anything right. like that. It just means they enjoy different kinds of movies. Exactly. So yeah, no, but but yeah, I can I can absolutely see somebody saying that as well. Um, anything else
2: before we move on that I you wanted to hit with it? I don't think so. I think All right, we've got like, lots to
1: talk about in spoilers. Yeah. but uh, but nothing else really. Um, overall, it's high recommend for me, especially absolutely. if you like PTA. Yeah, super recommend. I really wish. They had sent screeners out for it because I really I would have nominated Daniel Day Lewis mm-hmm. for sure. It's one of the best performances of the year, uh, and I think I would have even maybe nominated the film.
2: Did this uh, Did this get any Golden Globe nominations?
1: It, it It got Golden Globe nominations. A couple. It got a couple of Critics Choice nominations. Mm. Uh, from the critics in the LA or New York area mm-hmm. who had seen it, but because they didn't send it out to everybody and they didn't even really do press screenings yeah. before our nominations were due.
2: It's uh, it it you know, it doesn't bode well for an Oscar campaign, but maybe they don't care about that. And
1: maybe they're trying to prove that they don't need any of the other awards, they'll just go for the Oscars. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but you're right. The general the general thinking has always been you gotta gather some momentum. Like right now Shape of Water has the momentum yep. because of other award shows. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that here in a bit. But, yeah, overall, I recommend uh, from us. Uh, go check it out once it finally goes well. I think it's going next week. I think yeah,
2: it's the 19th. I, in fact, I think um, uh, where I live, Nashville, it's going to be – it's opening. It opened today even. Did it? I think it did. But <clears throat> but I was not going to pass up the, uh, the time, pass up the chance to watch it. Go see it in the Arclight. That's right. So. Yeah, the theater was nice. Um, all
1: right, let's chat about the awards. Yeah, uh, Chris was my plus one for the uh, Critics Choice mm-hmm. Awards, which is both movies and television. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is my fifth awards. So I've been through this before, but you've never done this. Never so have. I, I'm curious to hear. Like, let's start here. Like, what are some of your most memorable moments
2: from the show? Well, first off, know that we were at a table with a show I had never seen before, and I still haven't as of this recording. But I will once I get back. We're both we're both in the in the same boat. We were uh, well, no pun intended, right? (laughs) That was actually intended. Okay, puns intended. (laughs) Um, uh, But uh, a show called Fresh Off the Boat. We were with the people who. Uh, produced it, and we had uh, actors uh, Constance Wu and uh, Randall Park, and Randall Park's wife were, were all there, and uh, and really honestly, man, the the producers were really nice to us. Randall Park is one of the sweetest guys I've ever met in my yeah. life, um, and uh, and that table was just fun, and they you know they were there, but they they kind of knew they weren't winning anything, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, we were there. We had uh, you know. We were right next to the Big Sick two tables, mm-hmm. and we were pretty close to the Big Little Lies table, yeah. and the Modern Family table, and the This Is Us table. Yeah. So there was quite a... quite kind a, of our surrounding area there. Right. Yeah. And behind us, we had that, what's that show Marvelous on Amazon? Marvelous Miss Mazel. Yeah, yeah, which is wh- why we got on TV, <laughs> was that show won twice, and both times... They had to walk right by us. They had to walk right by us to get, <laughs> to get the award and everything, so... Uh, that's where we were, and uh, that was that's going to be my number one thing that I'm going to remember from that show is being amongst all of that that you know those people because you know it's it's fun like just a just a like six feet away Judd Apatow and Leslie Mann are yeah. like sitting there. Well, and Judd came over to talk to Randall Park. Yeah. for a second he, he did was, like standing right behind me. You know, he's been in a couple movies that Judd Apatow produced, and and I and. I'm not like you yet where I can just go up to people and be like, you know, Hey, what's up? And whatever, (laughs) because I feel stupid most of the time. Uh, But Judd Apatow, I actually had something I could have said to him. I saw his stand-up act, the Ryman, and I could have told him that I liked it and everything. But, you know, he came over and talked to Randall Park and I'm like, I don't want to interrupt that. He was right there, man. He was right there. But uh, just uh, just uh, I, I sort of have a hands off policy. Uh, as no, far as it. as far as celebrities are concerned, I would say number two would be meeting Chris McKay, who uh, who who likes us uh, cinema, at CinemaSin. I know. Uh, a miraculous, you know, Hollywood director that actually <laughs> loves us and everything. Uh, yeah, he and Jeremy on the on Twitter have, have had some back and forth and everything. Getting to meet him was a was a big, huge. Yeah, he's a cool life. guy.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was neat meeting him. Um. Yeah. Those are the personal moments that I'll remember from this one. I, I've actually never been that close before. This mm-hmm. is the first I have usually been way in the back, never sat with nominees. I sat right next to Randall, mm-hmm. who was nominated for best actor in a comedy TV series. Yeah. Uh, and Constance was at the table as well, who was yeah. nominated. So that's a first and to be that close. I mean, we were three rows from the stage, mm-hmm. just slightly off center left. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you are at our table on the other side of the stage, that's the, um, that Margot Robbie is sitting at that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's right in the thick of things. Yeah. So it was really interesting to be that far up front.
2: I mean, and despite the fact that we're not, we weren't really with a lot of the movies and everything, there were a lot of just heavy hitters. You have yeah. Reese Witherspoon and Nicole Kidman and Holly Hunter yeah. and Laura Dern all like, Right there, yeah. That Those thing. are all legends to me, and uh, and then yeah, over on the other side, you had you had you had some people who were more contemporary, well, right across
1: the aisle from Guillermo del Toro. The yeah, shape, uh, shape of Water people, and I mentioned that that has uh, a lot of momentum now. It did win for Best Picture. I think it's going to win. What, one of my favorite things was watching Guillermo del Toro throughout the awards. Yeah. He was the biggest cheerleader for all the other movies. When Get Out mm-hmm. beat The Shape of Water for best sci-fi horror movie, mm-hmm. he was the first one to like stand
2: and yeah. applaud and
1: he was so excited for Jordan Peele. And well,
2: he, like everybody else, knows that essentially the awards are BS, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows right. that at this point, right. right? I mean, it's It's fun. It's fun. To give people awards mm-hmm. and, and recognize them for their yeah, work. there's a prestige to it. You know, there. You know, if you're Guillermo del Toro and 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 you're like you have any sort of down to earth in you at all, you realize how BS these things are. And it's like every it, just to be recognized really is a cliche, but it's also uh, it's also true. It's very true to be um, you know, and and nobody's better than the other really. I mean when. You see all the I saw all these categories. How many times did I turn and say, like, "Man, that's a loaded category." Yeah. And yeah. especially the
1: Best Actress.
2: Yeah. I think that was the main one. It was like, <laughs> it's like "How do it's you insane. pick? How do you pick?" It does. I mean, whoever comes out of that, it's okay. It works for me. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You, know? you know, at the same time, it obviously means something to them to be able to get their message out. Mm-hmm. You know, especially you know through the speeches. You, you know, to hear Kumail talk about what the big sick meant to him or Jordan talk about what get out meant to him or Guillermo talk about you know, yeah. the Shape of water. And even in seeing, and this was also one of my favorite moments when best picture was announced and that shape of water table just exploded. Yeah, yeah, It was like, they were so excited yeah. to be able to have that moment and tell people about their little movie that they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it's interesting because it is that, that kind of that balance of, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything at the yeah. end of the day. And yet, it means everything to us, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's like it's both It's nice to way. win, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, That's What that, Ted Danson basically said, when, exactly what he, what he said. He's like, I don't really work. believe
2: in this uh, pinning actors against each other, but I tell you, it really worked out well for me. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, uh, I, I would say, I would say third under under meeting Randall Park and Chris McKay and all that. Just seeing celebrities in these just beautiful, like especially. I mean, I you know. The the women in the dresses and everything oh, they get the yeah. best dresses ever and you're like man you are just gorgeous you yeah. know and the, and there's no wet down there I saw Amelia Clark. Just like 10 feet away, and I was like, oh my gosh, you are just as beautiful as you are on Game of Thrones right right now.
1: And I will even say it's the same for Chris
2: Hemsworth. Yeah, exactly. You see Chris Hemsworth in person, and you're like, how are you real? I know. Oh my gosh, exactly. It's one of those like, man, you are really like... Very good looking. It's I'd, like
1: a computer created the perfect human male. Yeah, and
2: it, it's, just, it's it, incredible. It's like it's like I'm not even mad. <laughs> it's just like you are genetically amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So yeah, lots of beautiful people and beautiful outfits. That's yeah. always a fun part too. Um, I love you know milling around beforehand is kind of fun mm-hmm. uh, because there's a looseness to it. Chatting with. um What's his name from This Is Us? Uh, Chris oh, yeah. Chris Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays Toby on This Is Us in his bonefish suit from head to toe yeah. or whatever. Uh, you know that kind of stuff is always what sticks out to me. I, I always remember, you know, those kind of moments and just chatting with those people. And that's what it is for me. You mentioned, you know, me just going up to people and telling them they're awesome or thanking them or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's just it's recognizing we're all just humans. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, and And to be able to cut through whatever that that gravity is that fame creates Mm -hmm. is not really possible, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because it's just it's tangible almost. But I try as much as I can Mm -hmm. just to ignore it, you know, just to ignore kind of what that is. And so if I want to tell somebody that they meant something to me or that they're awesome, I'll just, you know, I'll try to treat it like just, you know. Somebody who invented a product I like, or right. you know something, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it's it's it feels different, you know. I try to kind of get in the psychology of, you know, just kind of treating it that way.
2: Right. Yeah. And and yeah, for me, it's like it's like I'd have to work up a whole bunch of just like, all right, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do it. Okay, okay, I'm gonna do it, and everything. And uh, so. honestly,
1: I love just I just as much loved meeting. Um, uh, you know, uh, Christian Harloff and yeah. Chris Stuckman, right. uh, and Chris Stuckman's wife, you yeah. know, like just meeting those guys and hanging out with them. And, um, yeah, no, I, I thought that was, that was really great too. So yeah, that was their first year. Yeah, that's right. The awards, that's so. right. So it was good stuff.
2: Uh, yeah, I had I had I had a whole lot of fun. I mean the I mean I that show went by pretty fast. Uh, for they kept it pretty tight. I think Olivia Munn, who we haven't talked about as the host, mm-hmm. I think she
1: skipped a lot of her bits. Yeah, because people were running over in speeches and that. Right. Happened a lot, yeah,
2: and I you could I mean it's I don't know if she was uh, called in last minute on this. I, it feels like it. I think she was because hadn't it been T.J. Miller last two years?
1: Last two years has been T.J.
2: Miller, and now I don't want to speculate or anything, but was T.J. Miller not there because of the stuff? I don't know if
1: they were going to have him back anyway, right? But there certainly is that, and that's another thing. Most awkward moment of the night was the uh,
2: James Franco. Oh moment. my goodness, that was so tough to figure out what to really do mm-hmm. there because that. The allegations against James Franco had just happened. Yeah. Like, the the last 24 hours. Yeah. And he wins for best comedy, actor comedy. Yeah, and, actor and comedy. And, uh, and, uh, and it's like everybody was just kind of like, uh, like that South Park. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And everything. And Walton Goggins even kind of was like, uh, James Franco couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> and, uh, well, and did you notice for all the other award winners that
1: couldn't be there, they had a little joke? No, they like, yeah, tell you they had a joke written, right? Um, like Frances McDormand wasn't there, and they said she was out putting three billboards up for her Oscar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, campaign yeah right, or whatever.
3: right,
2: right. But not for Franco. No, nope. no joke there. No, I think I think he I think he was always intended to be at that show. Um, I think so too. In the last, in in, in the last twenty four hours, that all that stuff happened, and I think they didn't have time to like address it. When we looked, we went there that morning and kind of looked where people were sitting and took some video,
1: that kind of stuff. Did they have his picture up on a chair? They did. Yeah. See, so he had already confirmed that he was going to be there, mm-hmm. and then just with everything coming out, I'm sure yeah. he didn't want to be in public. So
2: yeah, and I, and I'm pretty sure that if he had shown up, it would have been a bloodbath because there would have been there would have been some people who would have said something from stage. You think? I, I they would have said some from stage. I think they would have said to think some things just to him in person too. We're talking about uh, there were a lot of you know when you're talking about. Uh, giving out awards like the See Her Award mm-hmm. and all that, and you've got Gal Gadot, who's really, really like outspoken about mm-hmm. this type of stuff. Well, Olivia Munn herself is pretty. Olivia outspoken. Olivia Munn, yeah, absolutely. All the, you know, all these outspoken people. There's a lot of outspoken people there, and I don't think he would have survived the night. Yeah. Um, how did you think Olivia did? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think she did well, and I like Olivia Munn. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, you know, it's one of those. She's one of those, like. I enjoyed her when she was on G4 mm-hmm. with Chris Hardwick and everything. They actually had a little reunion. That was one of my favorite, like, moments
1: of the, like, you know, show moments.
2: Yeah. I have always enjoyed her as sort of a, as a talking head, like a host of something mm-hmm. or whatever. Don't think I've ever really liked her as an actress that much. Uh, in, in everything that she's ever in, like, Newsroom and, and Magic Mike. I liked and, her in Newsroom. And uh, she, I, think, I think Newsroom might be her best role. Uh, but uh, I didn't like her next minute apocalypse. You know, it's like it's one of those things where I don't know if we found the right role for living. You just need client. Aaron Sorkin to write all her dialogue. There you go. The yeah, will <laughs> be fine. But no, I like her. I just don't. Yeah, she. I don't think that. I don't think that she had the time, or like I think they probably told her two weeks before. Like, yeah.
1: I will also tell you this uh, from past experience. Going back and watching the show on television, it's amazing how things work that you didn't think worked in the room. Oh, yeah. It's pretty interesting how the production will save a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because you have to understand, when we're in the room, half the time... You know, half the people are still milling around while they're, you know, trying to, you know, perform these little bits and
2: stuff. And the biggest, the biggest one was when Kumail came up there to (laughs) to to do a present an award. Uh He's like, I'm not going to talk to, I'm not going to talk until everybody everybody sits sits down. down. (laughs) No, seriously, I'm not going to say anything. Like everybody's still like,
1: you know, there was talking throughout the entire thing, and that's usually the case every year. And every year, I think, man, it's so rude, but it's just, you know. I guess there are people who are too big to feel like they have to you know pay attention, mm-hmm. so but um, but I do notice when I go back and watch the show, it works better than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought TJ. Miller was awful both years that mm-hmm. I saw him. And when well, I went back well, and watched, he was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily awful. yeah, and or he and, was mediocre well, and, I,
2: and I don't know There was a, she, Olivia Munn definitely made a crack about TJ Miller at one point. It wasn't her, that was somebody else. Oh, I forget, was it?
1: yeah, I forget which actress it was. Um, yeah, but she was totally, she was, she was the one from the CW. She came out and she oh, was like. Oh, that
2: was the Rachel Bloom. Yeah, yeah, from... I'm, I'm the only one
1: representing from the CW. And mm-hmm. yeah, that was the same, at that same point, she also said something about TJ Miller.
2: Uh, okay, yeah. So, so there was a, definitely a crack about him, but, but I don't think it was about the stuff. I think it was just about, the about hosting. his hosting. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. But everybody kind of had that <laughs> type of right. type
1: of feeling when that happened. And I remember uh, my immediate thing when she said that was I looked at Judd Apatow yes. and Kumail because yeah, you know, that's and, Thomas Middleditch and Thomas was right Middleditch here. was right there as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's really interesting to be able to... Because when you're watching at home, you depend on who the cameras show you. Mm-hmm. When you're in the room, you get to decide where the camera yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's interesting to kind of see well, and you know, that how was, people react.
2: And that was another thing, too, that was kind of awkward, because Randall Park had worked with James Franco in the interview. Mm-hmm. And they had a big make scene in it and all yeah, that other yeah. type of stuff. and and uh and you know and and I didn't get into it with him I just said oh man I bet that's kind of kind of awkward and confusing for you and he's like yeah, yeah. he didn't want to really talk about it and that's understandable uh but he's like yeah it's just you know it's just kind of disappointing or whatever and yeah. you know, it's like yeah I know what you mean you know um but yeah that's got to be awkward for everybody who knows that person in yeah. the in the audience cuz they they're they have to be conflicted you know it's i think
1: he you know uh, And we were not naming names, but, you know, we were, we were having a conversation where we have friends too, Mm -hmm. you know, we have, or people we know, Mm -hmm. we should say that have gone through things, you know, similarly, whether it's in the public eye or not in the public eye. Um, and it is the weirdest feeling to go. I thought I knew that person, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know that person, you know, um, or, you know, and again, that's allegations and what's true and what isn't. And, yeah, no kidding. You know, he said, she said, and I, you know, I find it very valuable that we're believing these women, mm-hmm. and you know, and the whole you know movement is amazing, and I'm loving it. You know, at the same time, we still have to find truth. Yeah, you know, it's not impossible for somebody to lie about these things. So you, you know, you always want to find truth because you want justice to be served and yeah. so that's the same for you know uh james franco that's the same for harvey weinstein you know mm-hmm. and you can look at the evidence behind it and go okay it's obvious weinstein is an awful person <laughs> right, 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 like, right you know and and then other times like you know i was thinking of the guy from prairie home companion or whatever oh you yeah know, i'm Garrison reading about and I'm reading about his stuff, and I'm going, I'm not sure this is the same thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, I think it's important to continue to suss that stuff out. And uh, I, I really think it's valuable to, to begin to balance that mm-hmm. uh, and to try to balance it as much as possible. And, and I think it was uh, – was it Kumail that said something about – you know, just shutting up and listening yeah. as guys, as men. Yeah, exactly. I think that's like, so important, so valuable. Absolutely. I feel the same way I mean, as a white man too, you know, yeah. shut up and listen to you know right. minorities and people of color. And yeah, and I think that's, I think it's really good that we're learning how to do that.
2: But that's the thing for me is during this entire me too. And all that is like, just, you know, I've just sort of stood back. I could have, I, I guess I could have like talked a lot about it or put it on Facebook and like, mm. this is what I feel about it or whatever. So it, it's not my exactly. Movement. It's, not my it's work. for me to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, they did a bit. And, and I thought some of the bits were awkward, but still at the same time, kind of important. The whole um, way to go, guys, for just being regular awesome, you know, regular human beings. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that was kind of, you know, interesting. And mm-hmm. you could feel the, the men in the room just like yeah, yeah, shrinking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was definitely an interesting feel to be in there. Uh, we haven't talked about any of the awards themselves. Anything stand out to you about where the awards went to different people?
0: Um,
2: I mean, it, it it looks like at this point, like I, I feel like we can pretty much narrow down who's going to win the Oscar from what we've seen. I feel like Alice and Janney is a shoe-in. Feels that way. For I, Tanya. I feel like... Frances McDormand might be for three billboards, even though she didn't win in the critics choice. Yes, she did. Did she? Yeah. She oh, that's right. Actress. Oh, that's right. She didn't win. Yeah. So yeah. So I feel like she's definitely going and to Sam win. Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Appears to be the front runner for supporting actor, which I never would have guessed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The three billboards love is interesting to me. I just, I I thought there would be too much backlash to how that movie handles a racist character. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's not that the Rockwell performance isn't a great... Although I, I'm on record as saying it's not as great as people are saying it is, in my opinion. Mm. Um, it feels a little caricature to mm. me at points, and I love Rockwell.
2: Yeah, I think it is, I think it is at the beginning, and it, and it may have served the movie a little bit better to be a little bit more nuanced at the beginning of it, because Mm -hmm. he is just this one dimensional character at the beginning. I do like how his character changes in that movie though. And, uh, it really like everybody in that movie really has their negatives. Like, like there's not really anybody to really root for. No, there isn't in it. And, uh, I think that's a turnoff for some people. For me, it's not, I, I enjoy it when a movie decides to say, no one really comes out good in this whole thing. Uh, and like, like your, your need for truth just because you need it, your, doesn't mean you're going to get it. And, right. and like even the ambiguous ending too, basically right. just sort of like, um, it's kind know. of a non-ending, yeah. which movies, I mean, that's fine. Some movies have that, but they, they put that in there and it's got the sort of the feel like, Oh yeah, they're going to totally find that guy. Well, no. Not yeah. necessarily, right? You know, um, I really like the fact that that movie was all about like there's no easy answers and everything. And I know that's disappointing this to a lot of people, but I really dug that that aspect of that movie. It feels
1: like Three Billboards has momentum. It feels like Shape of Water has momentum. I feel like Lady Bird is losing momentum,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I don't know that any other movie really has a chance.
2: Yeah, I you know you have you have. It's it's three billboards, Shape of Water, and you have like the outside Get Out chance. Yeah, I I just don't see it happening. Yeah,
1: I don't either. If the, if the critics don't do it, I don't think the Academy's. No, do I it. You don't. You know think what so I mean? Either. Like, if there was one body that was going to get behind Get Out and Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. I would have thought it would have been the, the the critics. Yeah. Um. No, I I think I think it's either Shape of Water or a miraculous. Last second momentum of Phantom Thread. You know, yeah. where it's like, once everybody starts seeing it, the public starts seeing it. Right. But I don't I don't necessarily see that. I think Shape of Water is going to win the best picture.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. After it's won Golden Globe and this, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Except with the Golden Globes, you know,
1: because they have the two categories, Shape of Water won for... The drama, right? Mm-hmm. And then, was it Three Billboards that won for comedy? Oh, yeah, comedy? I think so. Something. So, you know, it could be, could be either one of those. But it feels
2: like Shape of Waters. I mean, uh, and I, I feel like the Academy is, is is sort of, now that we've we've honored Alejandro G. Iniritu and Alfonso Coron, we want to get the there. last of the three amigos in there. That's right. Uh, it feels like that's the story they want to tell and everything. Uh, I like Shape of Water. I don't think it's nearly the best movie of the year. Yeah. I think the momentum of this movie is insane. But uh, you know, to each his own, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and then Gary Oldman. Yeah, nobody's nobody's really talking about Darkest Hour much. Yeah, but his, but his performance. I feel like he's a shoe in for the Oscar for sure, which is amazing because he's only been nominated one time I know. for the Oscar. Yeah. And uh and he, I think he's finally getting that sort of not only it's 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 mixture of lifetime achievement and that I have not seen it but I assume it's one of the best Oh, he's great. Oh, yeah.
1: he's so good in it. And so much of that performance is the makeup. Mm. And you're seeing that's the other category you're seeing darkest hour win is is mm. makeup. Um and it's deserve I mean, the makeup job is incredible how much he looks like Winston Churchill in that mm-hmm. movie. But it is a great performance. It's fabulous. The thing about Oldman, I remember when you guys were doing Rushmore, you mm-hmm. were talking about actors and you somebody brought up Oldman. And it was I think it was your point was, you know, he's incredible in everything he does, but he's never the weight of the movie. He's mm-hmm. never the center of the movie holding it together. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always, he's always on the periphery doing amazing things. Right. And that's, what's so cool about darkest or darkest hour is he is the weight of that movie. He mm-hmm. is in the center holding it together. And so to you know, finally see him do that, I think is really impressive too. And probably why he's getting a lot of the attention.
2: So we think the Oscars are going to go to Oldman, Rockwell, McDormand and Janney.
1: Yeah. It seems that way in shape of water is picture.
2: I would say I guess uh, your your outside chance of best actress would be Margot Robbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for supporting who would I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean it's the the it seems I mean like
2: the, the,
1: the the I thought the momentum was behind
2: Willem Dafoe. Yeah, from Florida project mm-hmm. for a long time, and it may be that just so there may not be very many people who watch that movie. Could be as 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 much as I think it got its initial boost, and I don't think there's been very many people who followed up on it. Um, it it's so documentary style too. Like how many people probably walked into that going, "Oh, documentary," and walked out. <laughs> You yeah. know, it's one of those. Well, it of feel
1: that, and that's a testament to the acting in that movie. Yeah. it really does feel like a documentary in some ways. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, it does seem like there's some coalescing going on around the awards for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, it was a great time. I'm glad you were able yeah, to come, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely, no, it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Before we head on to uh, the finish of the podcast, uh, just a just reminder that Sip uh, Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Uh, You can find all our shows at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Great place to listen to the podcasts that are on the network. Great place to comment. Um, You can subscribe there as well. You can follow so that when the podcasts go live to record, you can listen in live as they're recording. Uh, All that stuff. Um, And also, if you wouldn't mind supporting at Patreon.com slash Studio DNA, it starts at three bucks a month. And if you heard an ad at the beginning of this podcast, you may hear one at the end. If you actually support at Patreon, you'll have your own podcast feed without those ads, uh, as well as a lot of bonus content, um, pre-shows that happen that we record for our Patreon supporters, all that kind of fun stuff. So you can go to patreon.com studiodna, and thanks for throwing a couple bucks our way every month. All right, let's do a SIFT quest. Go on a SIFT quest. You uh, give us these through Twitter or email. You can tweet me at Aaron Dicer or email um, feedback at SIFTpop.com. should work just fine. Uh, This one comes through Twitter from Gideon uh, who says, SIFT quest idea. What do you think about going to the movies alone? Ever since I got my movie pass, I've gone to tons of movies by myself, but it seems to me that it's almost socially unacceptable. Thoughts. He also says, "Thank you for speaking out about Logan Paul on the podcast. I think it's really important to talk about culture, and you guys do it so well. Um, thank you, Giddy, and I appreciate that. Um, just as when we we're talking about the Me Too movement earlier, I think it's really important just to be honest about our thoughts on things. I think a lot of times we're afraid to go into those waters because." We've been taught that we're going to get punished if we say the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and I think we need to foster, continue to foster a culture where it's okay to be honest, and if you mess up, we'll give you a little bit of grace. Just mm-hmm. you know, keep working towards understanding and community, and so we kind of want to be an example.
3: Yeah, definitely. So,
1: um, but yeah, thank you for that comment. So what about going to movies alone? Okay, so… Nobody
2: cares uh, whether you're watching a movie alone,
3: by the way. Yeah, I don't
2: feel like so. I don't think so either. uh, I think we feel it. It's completely socially acceptable. Now, I go to movies alone probably 95% of the time. Me too. Um, And not only from my years of being a movie theater projectionist and working these, you know, late shifts and watching a movie at midnight and all that. I watch movies alone all the time there, too. But when I went to go see movies, too, I don't. You know, I am a single person, but uh, I, I don't ever feel like the need to go call people up and be like, "Hey, do you want to see this?" Now, sometimes yes, but for the most part, I when I want to see a movie, it's like I really want to see it like now. Yeah. I don't want to call anybody or whatever. I'm just gonna like you know, oh, there's a show at two thirty. I'm gonna go watch that right now. And uh, and I don't have time to be like, hey guys, you want to come see a movie at two thirty with me? And then all these people start coming in saying, <laughs> oh well, I can go and see it at four, maybe. Like, no, two thirty is where it's at. Um, Man knows what he wants. That's right. So um, no, I it, uh, if you go if you go to any theater, especially uh, that that's not packed, you can see there's probably a good six seven people a lot of times that are not with anybody else watching yeah, it by if themselves. You,
1: if you really look around, you will see, you know, the solo person here or there. Um, I, yeah, I, my wife will go with me when she can, but as somebody who sees a bunch of movies, which he makes a great point with movie pass, mm-hmm. more and more people are seeing a bunch of movies now, which I think is amazing. I think that's such a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for as long as it lasts, <laughs> as, yeah. long, as long as they're able to keep that deal up. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I think if you look around, you'll see other people like us, mm-hmm. you know, just hanging out solo. I have felt that awkwardness though. Mm-hmm. Like I have felt, um, for me, it's more when as a critic, I'm watching a movie that i you wouldn't necessarily think a middle-aged man would go watch mm-hmm. like, you know, Justin Bieber documentary right. or those kind of things or magic Mike or, you know, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. you know, you get some weird looks, you know, going alone to some of those movies. But, yeah. um, but no, I, for the most part, I think you're right. I don't think I don't think it's socially unacceptable. I know there's nothing wrong with it, obviously. Yeah.
2: Um. I think I think people who go and people who see other people who are by themselves in the theater aren't really thinking about you.
1: Yeah.
3: They're
2: thinking about you know if they're with other people, they're thinking about what they're thinking and what they're doing. Yeah. and All that. I'm sure there are plenty of jerks out there who who do say and have comments about that, but. Usually they're, you know, ninety nine point nine percent of the time they're not going to bother you or yeah. anything and say, like, "Hey, what's up with you being alone? That's weird." <laughs> yeah.
1: Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, no, go for it, man. Uh, it's the, the only thing for me. I would always prefer to see a movie with a friend if for no other reason to have somebody to talk to about it afterwards. Yeah. Because it's nice to be able to bounce that stuff off them. And I think that's what I'm feeling when I'm alone. And maybe that, Gideon, maybe that's what you're feeling too, is Uh like so much of how we experience movies and interact with movies is a community thing. It's why I love getting on Twitter and talking about, you know, this stuff. It's why I do a podcast. It's why Mm -hmm. I became a movie critic. It's because I like talking about this stuff with people. Um, So that's the part for me that's kind of annoying is – You know, for instance, uh, you know, to if we hadn't both seen, of course, we didn't talk about it because we knew we were going to podcast about it. I have all these thoughts, you know, that I want to talk to somebody about, but nobody else has seen it, you know. Right, right.
2: That is kind of frustrating when you see a movie like this, especially. Yeah, that you want to like playoff ideas and all that and mm-hmm. then you don't have that outlet right off the bat yeah. and everything so there is there is a lot of merit obviously to watching movies with other people Yeah
1: I wouldn't call it socially unacceptable I would just say it's annoying sometimes mm-hmm. not to have that community you know feeling there's also something really cool and I, it very rare experience for me about seeing a movie with a big group of people, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, a dozen people, you're all friends, you all go see the same movie and you all go grab something to eat afterwards. Mm -hmm. Those are some of my favorite, you know, memories from college or, you know, experiences uh, with groups. I remember doing um, probably my favorite movie experience that I led was when um, Return of the King came out to Mm -hmm. do, you know, both the extended versions at my house with this. uh, Actually we had a, a fellowship of nine. (laughs) <laughs> uh, at, my, at my house and then we watched you know both extended versions and then went and saw you know return of the king yeah on the big screen that's fun stuff you know to have mm-hmm. that experience with people um but no there's nothing wrong with seeing seeing a movie like- yeah you're good gideon that's right you're good man go just go use it. that movie pass don't let it go to waste
2: um so yeah that's not a problem at all
1: all right before we finish up do a buried treasure? You got something you want to let people know about?
2: Uh, yeah, this is actually I'm going to talk about this on our next podcast, on our SinCast, and everything. Um, but I've been watching a lot of Netflix recently because there's not really anything that uh, I guess it's the kind of season where there's not really anything going on, yeah. on the cable, really, um, all that. Um, uh, but uh, I've been watching Netflix recently, and there's a show that just came out called The End of the Effing World. Just okay. came out. And it's eight episodes. They're all, like, real short, like 20 minutes and less a lot of times. You can finish the whole series in, like, three hours. Um, But it's a British uh, Netflix comedy, dark comedy series about a kid who has these psychopathic tendencies, and he wants to uh, kill—he's been killing animals and all that, and he wants to kill a human. That's his next thing. And he meets this girl that he wants to kill, but they start having this offbeat love story— and so they discover a lot of things about themselves and and she's also not like quite right either so that, seeing the dynamics of somebody who's like this and like her play off of each other is is just rewarding as a as a series and everything. It's very fun. So I, I suggest watching that. I would also say uh, Netflix has a show called Dark, which is a, a German. I've heard a lot about that. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Is it good? It's very good. Ah oh, man, I need to watch it. This is a sci-fi horror time travel type mo- uh, type yeah, show. I've heard good things. And uh, it's, uh, I, I, I chose to uh, li- you know um, watch it with, with the German actual German language with uh, English subtitles. Uh, feel I like think they, that's the way to go. Feel like I you, think you get the emotion better when you hear you their do, actual do, and when you and when you when you see the English dubs, I, that really just drives me batty yeah. because it just doesn't match. And uh, and and it's amazing. Like Netflix, for a second there, would every time I would go to the episode, it would revert back to the English dub. Oh yeah, and I would have to go back. So so you'd sit there and watch it for about you know a couple minutes, and people start talking. You're like, oh, this is normal. Wait a minute. no, this is not normal. They're, they're, you know it's not the same voices. it's not anything. but that show very smart about its time travel and all that and uh, um, it takes place basically over three different eras and it has this sort of this theme of everything in the past affects the future and everything in the future affects the past. Yeah,
1: you're the third person I think who's told me that that show is great. Mm-hmm. I, I really need to watch it. I will say Netflix is I'm coming into another level of appreciating their user experience. Mm -hmm. They have it down. The way the way everything about what they do makes you just want to keep watching their stuff. Like I find myself craving the Netflix user experience. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's, you know, you can skip the titles. You just push a button and, you know, skip the titles. Uh, it only hits you with like, you know, three seconds of the credits before it like rolls into the, automatically into the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's really smart what they're doing. My oh, buried yeah. treasure is actually Netflix as well. Uh, a couple things. One I would just mention, I finally watched Mindhunter, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't, did you see I still what, haven't seen that. So, um, if you like, um, what it's, what was Fincher's serial killer, uh, Zodiac. Yeah. If you like Zodiac, which, why wouldn't you like Zodiac? Right. It's an incredible film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Zodiac, the series in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about uh, the birth of the science of studying serial killers. And it's really interesting to kind of go back in time and think of what that must have been like to, to really start to ins- explore the psychology of that Very dark, Mm -hmm. very violent, very everything, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So all those warnings, um, but very compelling. Yeah. Uh, The other one I'll mention is kind of the exact opposite of that. Very light, fun, family fair, Ultimate Beastmaster, Mm. uh, which is kind of an American Ninja Warrior type show. Mm -hmm. Um, But it pits countries against each other in these obstacle course kind of things. And then, you know, it has one winner each time. And then all those winners in the last episode battle each other to be, you know, the ultimate beast warrior, really fun, great production value. We binged this over new years. Uh, the first season, there's two seasons on Netflix. We binged the first season. Uh, speaking of group viewing experiences, we always do new years with, uh, a group of four different families, Uh, well, there are 25 of us with all of our children. So there are eight adults and 17 kids (laughs) and, uh, probably half of us sat there for seven hours and watched the entire first season together. We're just, like, going nuts when certain things will happen. Just that fun experience of, you know, it it becomes almost like a sporting event Mm -hmm. kind of thing. You start rooting for certain
2: people. and So it
1: was a really fun experience, I think.
2: That's a definitely good one. I haven't even heard
1: of that. Yeah, Ultimate Beastmasters. It's on Netflix. just a nice, you know, fun kind of uh, competition show.
2: Yeah. I have to definitely watch that. We did it, Chris. We did a podcast. <laughs> awesome. How'd that happen? That's crazy. All the way from California. Yeah. Thanks so much
1: for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to today's guru. It's Chris from Cinema Sins. Uh, what do you want to let people know about? What do you guys get going on?
2: Well, it's the usual. If you know us at all, we're the nitpicky YouTube cha- YouTube channel Cinema Sins that uh, you know you either love or hate. <laughs> and uh, we are also uh, doing a podcast called the Sincast. Recently, went past our hundredth episode on that. Nice. Yeah. When was that? That was that was a couple weeks ago, I guess. We're at one. Of five one oh six now. So it cool. was about six weeks ago I nice. guess. Um but uh yeah, that's uh, that's something that I never thought uh, two years ago that we'd be saying. Right. We've well, gotten through a hundred episodes of a podcast and everything, but uh our Sincast uh, podcast is obviously way different from what we do on Cinema Sims. And I think that there's uh, a nice balance there. There's probably people who don't like the channel who would love our podcast. Yeah, I think so. and uh, And I think that in general, uh, we, we talk about some pretty cool things on the podcast. So. When well, you guys recently did a, a format
1: change, mm-hmm. where you have these segments that you're doing, I love it. By the way, I, lo- I love the segments you guys have going on. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. The rant is always fun to hear. Yeah, and kind of what's bothering you guys and you know the area of- well, it's not even always cinema, right? Which is fun. That's the other thing I like is it's also opening up. More of who you guys are, you know, just personally, even beyond movies, which I think yeah. is very fun and interesting. So, yeah, I'd highly re- uh, recommend checking it out. Uh, it is Syncast, right? Yeah, you can search for Syncast. Syncast
2: presented by CinemaSins. And,
1: uh, um, yeah. I'll be on uh, in a few weeks. Yes, you will. Let's talk about the be 2017. That'll be a year in review. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, much love and gratitude as well to our Patreon supporters for doing monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more info on that at patreon.com slash DNA. Uh, also, a lot of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment on Spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than winning a Critics' Choice Award. Spoiler chat for this week's movie should be next up in your podcast feed soon and we'll see you back next week with more movie chat on Sip Pop.